Our scripture reading this morning comes from Romans, the eighth chapter, and we're starting with verse 28. In the eighth chapter of Romans, um, pound for pound is probably my favorite uh, chapter in the whole Bible. Uh, I know all of God's word is inspired and, and all of it's useful for teaching and correcting and, and all of that stuff, but um, we do have to be honest there are some passages that just kind of uh, give us a little push and a little boost more than some of the others, right? And this is right up here. I mean, this is the kind of, uh, this is the kind of passage that will put hair on your chest and, uh, and will uh, we'll wake you up in the morning when you don't have your cup of coffee. This is, a, this is a passage of Scripture right here. And it comes in the middle of Paul's uh, letter to the Romans. Um, he has been... Um, he has been building a case throughout the book of Romans that Jesus is for everybody. That um, whether you're Jew or Gentile, rich, poor, slave, free, it matters not. Jesus is for you. Jesus came for you. Jesus died for you. And, uh, and so he's, he's sort of, a, he's been making this argument um, uh, uh, piece by piece, brick by brick, and here we sort of reach the crescendo of his argument. This is what the whole book of Romans is leading up to, and then the rest of the book leads out of it. Right here, chapter 8, is the climax of the book of Romans. So, hear now the word of our Lord, Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of God of his Holy Spirit. Amen. What was the first thing you knew about God? 
What was the first thing you knew about God and who told you? I remember the answer for me. Um, the who was a woman named Mrs. Jeannie, and she was my Sunday school teacher. My dad was a pastor at a two-point charge, a lot like Fairview and Sydney, and, um, and we would have a Sunday school in that, uh, in that little church house, and sort of as you came in the doors, there was a room to the left and the right, and then if you went forward, there was the sanctuary. And in that room to the left, we would have Sunday school. It was me, my brother, and, um, and three other kids, and we sat around the little wooden table. And Miss Jeannie always had sticks of chewing gum. And she would give us juicy fruit. Um, or if we were feeling dangerous, we might have big red, right? Um, but, uh, but she always had a stick of chewing gum for us, and she would tell us a Bible story and we would always end by singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That, for me, was the first thing I knew about God. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It was the first thing. That was my first profession of faith, my first creed, the first a theological statement. I wrap my mind around, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's the whole message, isn't it? That's what we're here to proclaim, and that's what we're here to hear, right? Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That is what we're all about. We're a community that is convinced of this. And this is the message that, that, that St. Paul is delivering to the Romans. He says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's it. That's the message. That's the main thing. And the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. But we complicate it, don't we? Find other things to talk about. Other things to be about. There's a story of a, um, a, a pastor who's having children's time, and, uh, and pastors that aren't um, lazy like me and just, just send out the box and say, you go get the sermon, like they do a little preparation, and they show up with the children's sermon. And, um, and, and, and this particular day, um, the pastor wanted to talk to the kids about working hard and being industrious. And so he brought with him a picture of a squirrel. And he's going to talk about how a squirrel, you know, gathers up acorns and, and stores them away so that he'll have them later. And so the pastor is sitting down with the kids, and he's got a picture of a squirrel hidden behind his back. And he's playing a little game with the kids, and he says, Kids, I've got a picture hidden behind my back, and I'm going to get you, give you some clues, and I want you to see if you can guess what it is. And so uh, he, he looks at the kids, and he says, Now, um, 
It's gray, and it's got a bushy tail. And the kids are all just sitting silently. This is okay. Um, it, it's got buck teeth, and it really likes to eat acorns. And the kids are just kind of just, just staring at their feet. No one's, you know, looking up at the pastor. Just kind of looking around. It's okay. Um, it, it, it really likes to climb trees. You might see some around here, right? And he's looking at the kids, and no one's answering. And finally, one little girl in the back raises her hand. And, and so the pastor calls on her quickly, and she says, um, I know the answer is supposed to be Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me. <laughs> I think people who come here know the answer is supposed to be Jesus, right? They know they're supposed to come through these doors and find us talking about Jesus. They know the message, Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And they long to hear it, and their hearts need to hear it. And they come through these doors sometimes, and they, they're surprised to find us chasing squirrels, talking about anything and everything else but the love of Jesus. Sometimes we get distracted and, and, and we wind up chasing after this or that issue of the day. And we say, oh, oh, the, the people, they, they need to know where we stand about this or what we think about that. And we wind up chasing squirrels and we wind up, you know, um, uh, talking about the important things like our, our stance on baptism and our, you know, our, our political belief about this and, um, and, and why Methodists are better than Baptists and, you know, just all, all the super duper important things, right? And we wind up chasing all of these squirrels in here sometime and we lose track of the message. Jesus loves me. This I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's what we're supposed to be proclaiming. That's what we come here, our hearts longing to hear. Sometimes we wind up chasing squirrels, talking about everything else. In, in, in the American church, we have what Eugene H. Peterson called Christ and syndrome, right? It's Christ and fill-in-the-blank, um, Christ and conservatism, Christ and liberalism, Christ and Methodism, Christ and sports, Christ and hunting, Christ and whatever, whatever, whatever. When we're supposed to be about Christ and Christ alone. We're supposed to be about Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Why do we chase squirrels? Is it that we think that's not enough? That if we proclaim that message every week, we get bored with it? We run out of things to say? No one can know, St. Paul says, the height, the depth, the width, and the length of the love of God. We could talk about it every day and, and not run out of things to talk about. But I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
Neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am convinced, Paul says. Sometimes I think we chase squirrels because we're not that convinced. All my kids passed their SOLs this week. We got it done. Some of them were close. I'm going to be honest. But, but we went out and we, we celebrated. Everyone passed their SOLs and we decided to go to the International House of Pancakes. Now, I've got a little bit of a sweet tooth and International House of Pancakes satisfies it every time. Right? They, I mean, they have reimagined the pancake over there. Right, they um, and they've always got something new on on the menu, something sweeter than than the last time you were there. Um, this time I went and they had the uh, it was called the cannoli pancake, and it was like um, excuse me, <coughs> sorry, you know that filling they put in a cannoli and it's in that cookie shell. Well, this is the cannoli filling, but it's got a pancake wrapped around it. And, um, and if you order this, there's like three of them, like, like enchiladas right there, these cannoli pancakes. And then they put the, uh, the, the cannoli filling on top as well. And I saw that in the menu. I thought that'd be great with some maple syrup on it, right? <laughs> that looks good. So, um, but I, I, I was kind of stuck between that and the double fudge pancake and, um, uh, and, and they had a birthday cake pancake and all kinds of things. And so I, I asked the waitress, I'm really stuck. Um, which of these pancakes is the best? And the waitress said, at the International House of Pancakes, waitress said, I really don't like pancakes. Said, okay. Said, but, but most people, I mean, this uh, cannoli pancake is pretty popular. Yeah, okay. I was kind of bummed out. I was hoping for like a testimony, right? I tried the cannoli pancake. It was the, the best thing I ever put in my mouth. It was amazing. You have to get this, right? Or, oh, no, you need to get this over here, right? I wanted someone that, that had, had an encounter with these pancakes and was going to tell me about it, was going to sell me on it. Instead, I got the waitress that wasn't convinced, right? I got the waitress that, you know, had heard about these pancakes Maybe tried one once a long time ago, deciding it really wasn't for her. But, you know, needs a job that pays. I think sometimes in the church, we can be like that waitress. We can be unconvinced. We're not um, high on our own supply, if you know what I'm saying, right? We're just, we're, we're just not, you know, really into what we're selling. And people can, people can sense that on us sometimes. People know whether we're uh, whether we're 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 selling tickets to a destination we've never been, and we're saying all the right words, but it's just not convincing because we're not convinced. So we say Jesus loves you, and it just sounds hollow because we're not convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Are you convinced?
know why I'm convinced? I'm convinced because in third grade, I had field day. Now, my kids have field day, and it's a lot different um, now than it was when I was a kid. Now they have like bouncy houses and slides, and, uh, and the kids do a little running, but they try their hardest not to embarrass anyone, and everyone gets a ribbon and, and that kind of thing. When I, was, when I did field day, it was a blood sport. There were winners and there were losers. And I was a scrawny, pale kid, and I was usually the loser. The only time I ever won anything in field day was third grade. Because I had a friend named Harvey who asked me if I'd do the three-legged race with him. And Harvey was like the kid in third grade who, um, who just, just a little ahead of everyone else, right? Um, uh, his body was doing things that everyone else's body wasn't quite doing yet. He was fast. He could play football. And, uh, and so he invited me to do the three-legged race with him. And, um, and so I did. And we won. And I've still got the ribbons in a box somewhere, I'm sure. But here's the thing. I know I did not win that three-legged race. Because as soon as that, that, that whistle sounded and, and Harvey took off, like he knew instantly that I was dead weight and that I wasn't going to keep up with him. And so he took his arm and he hoisted me up and he carried me while he ran the whole race. I was held aloft by a power greater than myself, and I was dragged across the finish line. See where I'm going with this, right? I was held aloft by a power greater than myself, and I was brought across the finish line. And I could think of time after time in my life where I was victorious, not because I won the prize, not because I deserved the ribbon, but because I was held aloft by a power greater than myself by one stronger and one faster. I, I think of, you know, um, I, I kind of backed into the whole ministry thing. I took a, a job as a youth minister in college to, to pay for pizza and kind of thought it would be something that I would leave behind after college, and then I just I, I fell in love with it. I was in the right place at the right time, and I did not put myself there. Jesus put me there. Jesus did that. And then I crashed and burned. Um, maybe uh, a year and a half into that, that job, I had um, said some of the wrong things to some of the wrong people. I had been kind of a, a, a little full of myself and, um, and, and wound up being humbled in a really big way and wound up uh, resigning from that job. And then I said, I'm done. I've learned my lesson. Ministry is not for me. I did that. Jesus was the one that took me by your shoulders and shook me and said, you may be done, but I'm not done with you. Jesus did that. I didn't do that. When, 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 uh, when, when, when Crystal and I had a, a, a baby die, six months into the pregnancy, and she had to deliver the baby stillborn, I crumpled up like a piece of paper. I, 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 I was useless, and I was working in the church at the time, and I had nothing to tell anybody. 
the, one of the lowest points in my life, and I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it, and I, I felt like I had to pretend that I was doing fine, and I wasn't. Jesus was the one that hoisted me up and got me over the finish line. I was held aloft by a power greater than myself. And that is why I am convinced. A couple years ago, I felt this call to, to, to being a pastor, to pastoral ministry. And I said, all right, God, um, if this is real, you've got to show me. You've got to make things work out. And one after the other things worked out. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a couple weeks after, um, after, after I had, had, had sort of reached this conclusion and, and entered the candidacy process that, um, that I got a call. There's a church, um, Fairview and Sydney, they need a pastor. I didn't do that. Jesus did that. Jesus held me aloft. Jesus got me over the finish line. And I'm convinced. I don't know everything. I don't know what this, this next stage of my life is going to be like. I'm walking out on faith. I've got hope. Uh, they seem like nice people, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's coming here. I don't know what they're going to be like. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I don't know what the future of our church is, the future of the Methodist church is. We are chasing squirrels big time, people. We're going to go to a conference in a couple of weeks, and it is going to be a long exercise in chasing squirrels. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if half the denomination is going to pick up and decide to leave because the other half just said, you're not welcome here. I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know. The church worldwide, I don't know. The church, the universal church, in this age of secularism, in this age of faith decline, I don't know what's going to become of you. I don't know. But this I know. Jesus loves us. Because the Bible tells us so. And maybe if we stop chasing those squirrels, maybe if we stop talking about everything but, maybe if we focus on our mission of, of making disciples for the transformation of the world, maybe if we believe the gospel is enough again, maybe it'll all work out. But I am convinced that whatever happens, Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height nor depth can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Try not to sneeze. Big important moment right there. Are we convinced? Are we convinced? When people hear us, do they Feel the conviction, the convincedness in our words. I've got this friend, you, friend, you know how Facebook is. It's like everyone you ever knew is on Facebook, and um, and so this this friend on Facebook is the mother of someone I knew in high school, and um, a 
couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago, um, she started taking this gut health product. It was, like a, it was like a shake, and it was supposed to improve her gut health. And this product has revolutionized her life. I mean, she went from like 300 pounds to like 140 pounds, and she owes it to this, this, this product that she started taking. And let me tell you, she is convinced. And she is out to convince everyone. Like, um, every day there is a new post about this, this gut health product, and today can be the day that you sign up. Today can be the day that you kick the cannoli pancake habit for good. And, 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 and you start the right path. And she's got pictures of, of people that she knows. And, and, and they started out as this. And now they're like this. And because, because of the shake. And she's out to tell everyone about this. It can change your life. And that change can start today. She's convinced. Friends, we've got something better than a shake to share with the world. We've got something better than a, a gut health product. Are we convinced? Are we out there telling people about it? About a transformation that can be wrought in their life and that it can start today and there's no time to waste. Are we convinced? Because if we are, we need to spend a little less time chasing squirrels and a little more time chasing down souls. A little more time trying to convince others. Not telling them where we stand on this or that issue, but letting them know that Jesus stands with them no matter what they go through. A little less time chasing squirrel and a little more time chasing souls. Because there's a whole hurting and dying world out there and they need to be convinced. They need to know that Jesus loves them and that the Bible tells them so. They need to be convinced that neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor past nor present nor principalities nor anything else can separate them from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, their Lord. They need to be convinced. Not too far from here, there's a guy named J.R. J.R. Um, started taking pills three or four years ago. Had a back surgery. You've heard the story before. Um, the doctor gave him pills, and he just kind of got hooked. And he, he, he kept a lid on it for a while, and no one noticed, but then, then the family caught on. And they staged an intervention. And, and he got off of it for a little while, but then he got right back on. And he had a couple interventions, and then the family just got tired of interventions. And they moved on, and he hasn't. And everyone's given up on him, and he needs to be convinced. He needs to know that Jesus loves him. Who will convince him? Who will chase down that soul? down the road at one of the old folks' homes over in Christiansburg, 
there's a guy there named Clarence, and Clarence is a uh, is a Korean War vet, and 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 Clarence uh, fought for his country, um, uh, had a good life. His wife passed away. His his kids moved to other states, and so he doesn't get a lot of visitors these days. He's lived a full life. He's done a lot of things, but in his heart, he knows he's just not ready to die. He needs to know. He needs to be convinced who will share the love of Jesus with him. There's a girl named Stacy. You've probably seen her at Walmart. You walked by her. Seems happy. Didn't think anything of it. She's got three kids and she's um, She's a, 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 a survivor of domestic violence. And she is working her butt off to, to, to provide for these three kids. Works two full-time jobs somehow. And at her weakest moment, when she feels like no one cares about her, there's all those years of people, you know, that voice telling her she's a loser, she's no good. She thinks of going back to him. She needs to know that Jesus loves her. She needs someone to chase down her soul, to convince her. Who will do that? It's a kid named Josh. Goes to one of the high schools out here. Josh is kind of a nerdy kid, a little bit on the spectrum always quiet. The other kids, like, you know, they, they tried to be nice to him, but, but he just, you know, kind of rude. Gets bullied a lot. He found his dad's gun. And he hasn't decided whether he's going to turn it on himself or on his classmates. He needs to be convinced. He needs to know that neither height nor depth, nor angels nor demons, neither life nor death can separate him from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is a whole hurting and dying world out there. They don't need us chasing squirrels. They need to know about the love of Jesus Christ. And they need a stick of chewing gum. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.